0: Welcome to the Ask an Expert podcast, hosted by Joshua Carlson, co-founder of the award-winning direct marketing agency, Propello Media. Ask an Expert is a show of candid conversations with proven business and thought leaders, talking about real problems, and more importantly, about real solutions you can use to benefit your own business. We hope you enjoy the honest and organic nature of each guest's conversation. So let's jump right in. Hi. I'm Joshua Carlson. Today's Ask an Expert segment, I'm going to be sitting down with Howard Bihar. He's one of the early executives at Starbucks, coming on board when there was 28 locations, and he helped scale them to over 15,000 by the time he left. He's also written a couple of books, one called The Magic Cup, and the other called It's Not About the Coffee, which is about lessons of putting people first organizationally. It's a lot about what he talks about today. So with that, let's jump right in. Well, good morning, Howard. I'd like to, uh, to thank you and uh, welcome you to our Ask an Expert series um, and, uh, and cheers from one coffee lover to another.
1: Thank you. To you too.
0: Perfect. Um, so the first thing that I'd like to start off with is uh, you are a proponent of um, conscientious capitalism. So I'd love for you to share kind of the concept of this for those that don't know about it. Um, and then I'd like you to share about why it's something that you're so passionate about.
1: Well, conscience capitalism was the term uh, was coined by a guy named Raj Sasoda. and he, Raj and uh, and um, uh, the CEO of Whole Foods uh, actually put the first book out, and John Mackey, and okay. you know I, I had been part of servant leadership, the organization called. A, a servant leadership organization. I was on the board of the Greenleaf Center for Servant Leadership, and servant leadership and conscious capitalism come from the same base. Okay, it, basically, it's how 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 you how you treat your people in your organizations, and the idea that that we're there to serve our people and not be served by our people. And so conscious capitalism was just a natural offshoot for me. And I, I'm not, you know, I was just a a participant in it and a a number of meetings and a supporter of it, but just this belief that we can do things a different way in capitalism, that it doesn't need to be on the backs of our people, but it can be with our people. And at the end of the day, if you want true success, that's really the only way to get it lasting success. And so that's why I'm a proponent of it.
0: Okay, and I imagine um, as one of the uh, the early executives within Starbucks, that was an important attribute um, or or value that you guys wanted to focus on that helped you scale up as quickly as you guys did.
1: Yeah, no question about it. We use the term servant leadership, but it, okay. but it, uh, but conscious capitalism. The term came later. Um, yes, absolutely. That's what that is. If I put one thing on Starbucks success, that would be it.
0: Okay. And uh, I think a lot of us are, you know, globally familiar with the brand today. Um, But what I'm curious on is when you have a a principle like that, that's so fundamental to the business, how do you retain it when you grow so rapidly? I think it was, if memory serves, there was around 40 stores, uh, maybe when you came on board. And I don't know how many there were when you left, but it was into the thousands, I imagine. Um,
1: 28 stores when I started, 15 Thousand when I retired. Now they're okay. thirty-three
0: thousand. So that's that's an incredible scale, and you were there twenty, twenty-one years. Yeah. How do you how do you hold on to that? Um, how do you make sure that you don't lose those values as you are scaling so rapidly?
1: You never can let it go. You have, I mean, you have to talk about it all the time. When you're bored with it, you're just getting started. Your people are never going to get bored with it, and it, it needs to be a constant reminder. It's uh, your values are your values, and you have to spouse as any chance you get. And that's basically what we did. And it's what I did. You know, as the company grew, I was, you know, I went from being involved in every little decision to involved in almost no decisions, you know, uh, as you know, that's how it goes. and And, but I, what I did was involved in is this, constant effort to remind ourselves all of us why we were there what our greater purpose was which was to serve people and and so doing believe in and use the values of conscious capitalism and servant leadership but but it's just just constantly doing it i had one speech i gave probably 10,000 times maybe in in 10,000 different ways and it was always about people okay
0: well, so I'm curious, um, speaking about people. Um, so as a, uh, a young lad, I traveled overseas to Japan in 1997, um, and have been back a number of times, but I remember that was kind of my epiphany of how big Starbucks was. Yeah. When I saw Starbucks in a train station, I was the realization like this is a, this is a huge company, right? Yeah. Um, What is it like to open up? I I believe Japan was the first out-of-state location that you guys opened up, Um, and Japan has a very, um, very particular culture. What is it like to retain Starbucks's brand and experience while still adapting it for a completely different culture? Could you walk me through what that process was?
1: Sure. You know, first of all, you have to you have to believe that people are people no matter where you go. Okay, I like that. And that's you know one thing I didn't know for sure, but because I had never sold anything outside of North America. so But I believed that, and I said, you know, values are values. Now, there may be different cultural things that happen in Japan or Saudi Arabia or Israel or wherever it happens to be, but, but human values pretty much are human values. We all want to love and be loved. We all want to grow as human beings. We all want to be treated with respect and dignity. We all want more for ourselves, for our families. And those things are universal. Sure. And so, when you come at it from that point of view, then it fits. And uh, you know, we might say different. uh, You know, if you walk in a store in in Japan, they'd say "oshama a welcome. You know, Uh, you know, where we we'd say might say hi in Seattle. You know, you're not gonna, you know, you wouldn't say welcome. That's not a word we use so much. Maybe some people do, but so you got to come with that in your own mind. And we that's what we did. We didn't go on trying to change anything about Starbucks because of culture. You okay. know, I mean, we did do one thing, which we backed off on really quickly. We opened our first store, had smoking in the store, and then we said, we're not doing any more of those. So we stopped it. And right. it, and, and we, we helped change a culture. Now, you remember, we were using, uh, for people that did takeout, which was primarily our largest part of our business, you know, we used a paper cup. Everybody said it won't work in Japan. I'll tell you within the first month, all these young people walking around Tokyo with the Starbucks cup with the logo facing out as they walked down the street. Right. You know, because it was cool. And then over time, you know, we, we get we got more mainstream. But I you know, to tell you the truth, I, I opened stores in 30 some countries. You know, I didn't really go at it from a with a different point of view. I, I did about how we talked to our people in a mm-hmm. sense, but I still talked to our people about it's all about the people, and I don't care. Singapore, the Chinese, Chinese and Malays, and Singapore, and uh, the East Indians in Singapore—they all got it. There was never—I can't remember one time where somebody said, "I don't like that." Right. Not once. And 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 it works. So you stay with what you know. The things that we changed the most were product. Okay. You know, we had we started with what we knew, and then over time we had different product offerings. And we learned lots of things in every country we went to. We tried things that worked in that country we could bring back to other countries, you know, like matcha frappuccino. We, yep. you know, we had matcha frappuccino in, in Japan and we brought it back to the U.S. and we've taken it to other countries, too. So it's, you know, you got to go with what you know and you got to be who you are. And you can't sell your soul to do a, a dollar's worth of business.
0: Right now. Well, that's a, that's an important takeaway. And uh, one of the things that I'm hearing, um, you know, obviously I think the values that you guys had focusing on people that's transcendent, you know, to your point, no matter what culture you're in, what do you say about organizations that struggle with the values or holding onto the values? Do you think it's a lack of discipline or do you think maybe they just don't have the right values, um, defined? Maybe, maybe there's different values that they should be focused on.
1: Well, usually what happens is they don't write them down.
0: Okay.
1: They don't think, they, they don't make a commitment to them. And okay. they don't talk about them all the time. And they don't make it part of their core. And if you want, if you want to have, uh, uh, uh you know, values lead your, drive your culture, which values do, by the way. I don't, if you don't, whatever you do or don't do, it gets followed right? If you write it down and you talk about it all the time and that becomes the way you're going to operate, that's what happens. If, if you don't write it down, but you do things, people then they assume what the values are and they just follow them. So, you know, it, every company, people talk a lot about culture today. And I said, well, how do you develop a culture? I said, you already have a culture. You may not be conscious of it and you may not be driving it, but you have a culture. Now, the question is, is what do you want your culture to be? Right. And, and once you make that decision, then that's what you live. You know, it's like a family. You know, families have values, whether they're spoken or not. What, what you know, parent might say honesty is important or whatever it happens to be or how we treat each other with respect. And, and they may not be written down, but everybody knows in the family that's what we do. And that's what happens in, in an organization. So that's why it's so important to write them down. I even think it's important to write them down in families. So everybody's aware and everybody commits. But, you know, culture is alive and well, no matter what you think. Right. And it may not be the culture you want, but it's the culture you deserve.
0: <laughs> well, well spoken. Um, I, I kind of think of it as almost as um, it, it's dieting versus lifestyle. You know, yeah. there, there are no diets. You, you simply are eating what you're eating. And yeah. if you want to live a different lifestyle, you will, you will permanently adopt a different lifestyle.
1: Yeah, Exactly. Right. That's exactly it.
0: Okay, so we're in a very interesting time right now, um, from health to society to economic, um, and there's a lot of businesses that are, are facing challenging times. Um, you've no doubt gone through a, a number of economic downturns. Um, what are, what are your advices to businesses that are struggling? Um, what should they be focused on to, to, to ride the storm? Um, and ideally maybe reposition, um, and and be in a a better spot to, to kind of accelerate out, out of it.
1: Well, you know, each business is different. And first thing you have to decide is your, does your business have legs in today's world or has something changed? I mean, you know, the amount of businesses going online right now is significant. Right. You know, uh, and that is going to bring lots of even more change than what we've been used to, uh, with with you know the Amazons, the WalMarts, the Costcos on being online, and other, all the other companies that you know are selling goods online. So you know you have to decide where you fit in 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 the lives of your of the people you serve, your customers. But having said that, you have to double down on people. Okay right? Because you can't get there without great people and you can't get there without a culture that has a purpose greater than itself. And you have to drive towards that. Remember that the only way you're going to come out of this is having the people that can make it happen, the people that, that, that create the relationships with those people you're serving, you know, the ones we call customers and the people that figure out what products you, you want to sell and and the people that, uh Do all the the jobs in your organization. You know, they have to be totally attached to your greater purpose and your greater cause. But don't, you know, just because these are tough times doesn't mean you take your eye off the people ball. You don't. You know, and unfortunately, many companies do. You know, the first thing they stop is the education and development of their people. That has to be ongoing. You can't stop that just because times are tough. You may be do less things, but but you still have to be committed to it. And your values are your values, and they're more important now than ever. You know, when times get tough, it's easy to sell, sell your soul. You know, well, business is terrible. I can't, you know, and you, you, you don't treat your people well. And, you know, you, you try to cut costs by by uh, doing big layoffs when, when you might have thought of different ways to do it, like, you know, ask people what to do, maybe they would all be willing to take a 10% decrease in salary to save some of the other people. I mean, you know, figure out the things to do that are aligned with your values, and then do that. And don't, just because times are tough, doesn't mean you move away from that. And so I would just say to all organizations, double down on the people, and it will serve you well.
0: Yeah, I think that's good advice, and I also think that now is a good time to reflect um, and evaluate if you do have good people, um, because yeah, I think, right. you know, when times are good, I think you can you can hide kind of dead weight. Um, yeah. When things get raw like they are right now, it's an opportunity for you to evaluate, do we have people that really are aligned with the values that we have?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, you wrote a book. Um, it's uh, it's not about the coffee. Uh, could you tell me a little bit about that, and uh, and, and what readers can expect from it?
1: Well, that book was uh, was really Howard, and it was my life in, in leadership positions and uh, throughout my career, and the lessons that I learned along the way. And when I, it, it the first chapter in the book talks about wearing your hat figuring out what your hat is. In other words, what are your values? And that those high, those values are how you lead your life. So, you, you know, you get up in the morning, you put on Howard's hat, you know, and Howard, you look across the bed and you say, you know, do I, do I have to change my hat because of my spouse? You're probably married to the wrong person or with the wrong person. If you walk into Starbucks and say, I better put on the Starbucks hat, you're probably working on the wrong job because you've got to be you no matter where you go. So it's it's really a review of how, you know, how how you lead and a lot about servant leadership and conscious capitalism and the things that matter in life and how, how you build an organization.
0: So let's talk about that and just take this a little bit further because I think that there are a lot of people that um, that, that self-recognize that they're wearing um, the wrong hat or, or they're putting on different hats. Um, what do you think is, I feel like probably it's people are resistant to change and they're scared um, to, to kind of take that plunge. Um, what do you say to those people that, that recognize they have the wrong hat on? Um, how can you help them actually, you know, take that plunge to, to take it off and, and go find the right hat?
1: Well, the first thing you do is tr- you need to figure out who you are. Okay. Okay. And I, I would start with, a, you know, you can go online and there would be a list of 300 words that represent human values. You know, I, it takes a long time, but narrow down to eight or ten of the core, your core values. What really matters to you? There's more things that you're about, but the sure. eight to 10 core values, and then define what those core values are. What do they mean to you? How do they inform the actions and the decisions you make in your life? And then start to practice those. So honesty—that's that's my, its my first core value. i have to define what that means to me. What kind of white lie might I tell, okay. you know, because we all do in some form or another sure. things. It might be just something of omission when we know we're omitting it, you know? Right. so uh, and then from the core values define what your mission in life is Why are you here? What are you here to leave behind and it's never too early to start thinking about that or too late you know I don't care if, if you're if you're 10 or you're 90 you can look at if you've never done this work you can do this work and live the rest of your life according to it so right. that's what what I talk about when I talk about wearing a hat because i'm not talking about the hats that we wear or the different uh, chores that we do or the different responsibilities we this is the hat that defines who we are so i'll show you i have i've carried this with me for almost uh, well let's see i'm 75 so I'm almost 50 years okay this is howard in 50 words or less okay, okay. starts with my my mission statement my mission statement is to to uh, live my life every day, nurturing and inspiring the human spirit, beginning with myself first and then for others. I try to live every day according to that. Okay. And then my eight core values and then, and then how I do everything, what I call my six Ps. And that's Howard. And then I have, you know, that old adage, if you don't know where you're going, any path will get you there. <laughs> that's life. If you haven't written these things down, then you're not committed. Right. And that's where you got to start. And once you start there, then you start making it habit. And it takes time. Sure. You know, it doesn't come easy because you make lots of mistakes along the way. Stress, you know, that all adage, there are no stressful situations, only stressful responses. So you got to learn to manage the stressful responses yep. according to your values. I mean, you know, who are you and how do you want to live your life? And then you can do all this work. It takes time, but, but it requires a commitment to do it.
0: Totally agree. Yeah. Um, so, uh, there's a, a former CEO of Lululemon, Christine Day, um, and she, oh, very a, well. yeah, she had a quote about you, um, specifically about engagement, um, which is something I'm particularly passionate about. Um, and, and specifically as I look outward, you know, towards the customers and building real honest engagement, could you share kind of your philosophy on engagement, um, as it pertains to customers?
1: Well, first of all, I get the, rid of the word customer, okay. and, and let's let's use the word human being. Sure. It's human being serving human beings. They, you know, I realize we're going to all use the word customer, but, yeah. but, but, but thinking differently about, see, when you think of the term customer, you think about a person that has a dollar bill pasted to their forehead, right. and if you just say or do the right thing, you'll get that dollar bill. When you think about customers as human beings you're not so worried about that dollar bill what are what are you thinking about how do, i want to build a relationship with that person that's real authentic honest that that we can be vulnerable with each other that there's always truth between us and honesty and and that's where it starts and that's where it ends it's like the word brand you know we we use that word a lot yeah. you know we can we're going to build a brand really how about building human connections you know a brand you could build you could run, you could do advertisements that appeal to uh, 82-year-old gray-haired women that wear a purple earring in one ear, right? But that's building a brand. But if, if when, you're, when you're talking to that 80 year old woman, you want to know what, what do they think? What are their values? What do they care about? You know, do, does what I do fit with them? Sure. You know? and, and so that's how you do it. You build real connections. And that's how we did it at Starbucks. That was really what we did. First, we had to build connections with our people because without that, it doesn't work. That is manipulation, right? Right. If you start telling people, well, uh, you know, manipulate manipulate the people in front of you so that they like you and they like Starbucks. That's not building a relationship. It's a short you know, play. That's, yeah. And, you know, that's the, that's, people know, you know, you cannot smoke people anymore. They know when you're being truthful and when you're not. And if they don't know right away, they'll find it out. Right. And they'll figure it out. And the more you can drive towards building real relationships with those people you're serving, the deeper, the deeper those relationships will get, and the more they want to be your friends, so to speak.
0: Right. OK, well, the last question I'd like to to have is uh, if you could go back in time and you could uh, you could talk to 25-year-old Howard, is there any advice you would give him uh, after all these years of experience and wisdom that you've gained? Is there anything you might say, hey, here's something you, you, you might want to keep a, keep a focus on?
1: Well, yeah, I'm going to go back to where we kind of started this conversation in the middle of this conversation is if, if you don't really know where you're going, any path will get you there. Do the work that requires you to think about who you are as a human being. Write it down. Live it. And when you make a mistake, forgive yourself and go on. But you, if, you don't, if you don't have your values written down, if you don't have a personal mission, you don't know how you want to live your life, and if you don't set goals, if you don't have a plan for your life, what do you want to accomplish? How, what do you want to leave behind in this world? You know, and I do even I'm 70 going on 76 and I still have a five year plan. That's pretty optimistic, you know, but but it allows me to just keep focused on the things that matter to me and uh, then I can be an authentic person. And that's what I want to be.
0: Well said. Well, I would like to thank you very much. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing these insights. Uh, I think that we all, uh, professionally and personally, can can benefit from, uh, from some of the things that we've talked about today.
1: Well, thank you very much.
0: All right. Thank you, Howard. Hi, it's your host, Joshua Carlson, and I wanted to thank you for listening to today's show. This is the point where most shows ask you for a five-star review, but we're not doing this for the accolades. Don't get me wrong, seeing five stars feels great, but our goal here is to provide real content from real experts that can meaningfully propel you and your business forward. So if there's something we fell short on, a question we missed, or if you just have any constructive feedback, go ahead and leave a review with your thoughts. We also enjoy hearing directly from our listeners, so look for our contact info via the show notes so we can connect one-on-one. We really do love the feedback, so we can continue to improve and propel the show forward for you and all of our listeners.